If you've ever worked on a project that has search, for example, if you have a catalog of items that a user would type search strings into a search box for to retrieve results that are relevant to what they typed, you'll find you run into the problem where users type obscure things into the search box, and then you don't have anything good to show them based on what they've searched for, because you don't have tags that are that obscure for all of your content. In this episode, we're going to talk about graph theory and how to use basic graph theory to build relevance in the content you have, regardless of how it's tagged. In this show, I take design problems and generalize them to relatable examples to introduce you to the concept of complexity. This is the design of complex things. So let's start simple. Imagine you're on a product page, and at the, at the bottom of the product page, it says users who also bought. So let's suppose that you're looking at a belt, and at the bottom, uh, it has users who also bought. They bought a beard trimmer. So this supposes a certain kind of relevance. The idea is that this belt is somehow related to this beard trimmer, and maybe via topic. For example, the belt is in the topic of clothing, accessories. The beard trimmer is in the topic of hair care products. The problem is that you may not have a beard. So the problem that we're running into is that the topic distance between clothing accessories and hair care products is relatively far away. You could imagine a closer topic relationship between, say, shirts and shoes. They're both fit into clothing. Of course, you're seeing this product at the bottom of this page because a significantly high number of people who bought this belt also bought this beard trimmer. But all that really means is that the underlying relevance that is not actually that great between the, the tags for the belt and the tags for the beard trimmer is being scaled by the number of people who bought what. But as, we're, as you can imagine, that's just not a significant relationship. There's no real relevance there to scale based on. So that's the common correlation does not equal causation, or in this case, correlation does not equal relevance. Another kind of topical relevance that we could talk about is functional relevance. So you have your same uh, product page, uh, let's say that it's a smartphone this time, and at the bottom it says best when bought with, and the product that it's recommending for you would be a power adapter. But suppose that your content that you have actually doesn't have functional relevance built into the topics between them. So you then end up trying to rely on the tags that you have. One way that you can increase the topical relevance or the topical distance between tags is to add a domain. So for example, um, shirts and shoes or hipster shirts and hipster shoes. So you're either changing the topics themselves, the tags, or you're adding more tags. But that's exactly what we don't want to do. We don't want to pollute the, the, the products the entities in the system with tags. This is where we want to use graph theory. 
in order to build relevance without having to rely on the underlying relevance of the tags and then trying to scale it through some user behavior like visits or purchases. Okay, before we get into graph theory, I want to get into the actual scenario that we're going to be talking about so that you have that in mind as we're talking about all these concepts. So for about two years now, I've been working on this project called the New Masters Academy. It's an online art education site, so it handles um, traditional art and digital art. This is a special project for me because I am an artist. I use the site and I think it's great. The content on this site is better than anything else I've seen, and the features of the site with their image reference library, 3D model library, and just the, just the caliber of instruction is amazing. In working on this project, I have this real fear that um, a user is going to come and they're going to search the catalog looking to see if there are courses on, say, manga comics. And if there is, if we don't have content that's tagged manga comics, returning results is going to be difficult. And the things that we return may not feel relevant to the person who searched them, even though it's definitely in there. Like the content is definitely there. There's so much. And, uh, you know, also there's things that are related. So if you're interested in sequential art, um, you would also be interested in mega comics. If you were interested in certain types of um, certain materials like ink or um, pencil or realistic draw drawing or rendering or, or even just some of the fundamentals classes, all of this stuff is relevant to the person who is interested in mega comics. But nonetheless, if they just type in manga comics, um, it's likely that they're not going to see all of this great content. So the question is, like, how do we get this content in front of this person? And this is how graph theory is going to come into play. Okay, so basic graph theory. Imagine a sea of nodes, and the nodes are people, places, and things. And the nodes are connected with lines, and we'll call those edges. And the edges represent relationships. And you are one of these nodes. And in the sea of nodes, you're on one side, and way over on the other side of the sea of nodes is Kevin Bacon. So this would be the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon that you probably heard about. So we might wonder how many hops it would take. Like, what's the shortest path through the sea of nodes from you to Kevin Bacon? And the relationships could be of common types. Uh, you, Somebody you went to college with opened a cafe that's frequented by someone who married a doctor that delivered a child of someone who knows Kevin Bacon or something like that. So how does this relate to relevance? So in graph relationships, relevance is won or lost in the ability for the relationship to capture the actual relationship. So we might commonly think of like a parent-child relationship, and we think of it in this isometric way, this kind of it goes both ways, it's a parent-child relationship. But actually, the parent has a child, and the child has a parent. So, um, and it might be specific, like in a real-world situation, it would be a mother and a daughter, or it'd be a father and a daughter, and the daughter has a stepmother, right? So it's very specific, and in that, the relationship in real life um, is 
inadequately captured by just calling it a parent-child relationship, meaning that you could take that same parent-child relationship and apply it generally to other nodes, other parents and children. But it's not accurate. It doesn't accurately capture the relationship, and that is where relevance is won or lost in a graph. So just like our example of the uh, beard trimmer being recommended to you just because you're looking at this belt and the underlying topical distance just doesn't have a whole lot of relevance to it, you can imagine that you have a graph relationship that inadequately captures a real relationship and such uh, it just you know, doesn't have a whole lot of relevance to it, meaning that if you then try and scale the relationship by some weight, which is common to do in graph theory, um, like, for example, you have a parent-child relationship, and you might say one direction the weight is one way and the other direction the weight is another way. So, for example, the the parent, you know, the, the love score that we give the parent to the child is seven. And then the, the love score that we give the um, child back to the parent is three. So um, what we might do is we'd say, okay, then what's the shortest path from this node to that node? but optimizing for the weights. So that's an example of the shortest path that you might find may not be relevant anymore because the relationship doesn't accurately capture the real relationship. And thus your scaling on top of that is just adding noise. And that's where you get to, oh, just because 100,000 people bought this belt and this beard trimmer doesn't mean that it's relevant to you because you don't have a beard. So how do you build um, relationships that accurately capture what they are? Well, relationships, these edges in our graph, are more accurate when they are, say, quantifiable, or in the case of our topics, where they are functionally related to one another. So a good example of this is um, Google Maps. Google Maps uses graph theory to get you from point A to point B. So the nodes would be all of the intersections and all of the addresses and locations and the edges well they're just the, the roads or sometimes it's the same road connected by a bunch of intersections and so it's trying to figure out the shortest path between the first node that you type in which is say your your home address and the last node that you type in which is um, the the bar you're going to meet your friends at for drinks and so then it figures out the shortest path and maybe it figures out based on um, some quality of the relationship. So kind of like our love score before, maybe it uses, say, traffic. This street has higher traffic, so it directs you to another one because ultimately it's going to get you to your bar to meet your friends faster. So what we're saying is that the shortest path algorithm through the graph provides a lot of relevance for you because it accurately captures the relationship. It knows the distance from this intersection to that intersection. It has very good and um, you know, faithful representations of you know, what the driving conditions are going to be like as regards to traffic and that sort of thing. So it's highly relevant. But looking back at our case of the art school, we don't have that same kind of quantitative, you know, um, mapping relationship. In fact, if we just think of what are the nodes in the relationship, well, the nodes would be, um, say, students. They would be courses. Um, they would be particular mediums, you know, like uh, we would say charcoal or paint, oil paint. 
And the relationships would be things like uh, uses. So this person uses uh, Conte crayon. This person uses this particular type of pencil. Um, or they have attended this course. They have completed this course. So those would be the kinds of relationships in there. And there's a slippery slope coming up with relationships that are accurate to the individual circumstance. So they're highly relevant, but then also making them generalizable. So for example, somebody may take a course on sequential art because they have a passing interest in it. Another person may take it because they're trying to get a job as a storyboard artist. And even still, it's difficult to, or it's debatable, how relevant some of these relationships might be. For example, let's say somebody um, takes a class on oil painting versus a person who answered um, on a survey that oil painting was um, the most important medium that they use. Which one of those cases is more relevant? Which one of those types of relationships accurately captures the relationship in a, in, a, in a way that we can score, kind of like our love score or like our traffic score. Which one of them is more relevant? It's actually pretty debatable. So if you haven't signed up for the mailing list, go ahead and do so, and you'll gain access to the prototypes that I create as part of these episodes. So I'm about to talk through one of those prototypes right now. So keep in mind, what I'm looking to do is I want to create real relationships between topics that the content is tagged with, but I want them to be relevant. And I don't want to rely on simple relevance of these many people bought this much, you know, I, I bought this belt and then I bought this beard trimmer. And so, oh, so many people did that. It's significant. So there's underlying relevance because there really isn't any relevance between those topics. And um, equally, so I don't want people to go into the search box and in our art school example and be typing in, um, you know, um, life drawing and then get beard trimmers, right? Um, so that's the, that's the underlying idea. So what I want to replace that with is accurate graph relationships. So in this prototype, what I'm looking at is it just looks like a sea of nodes. And there are students, courses, mediums. And the relationships between them are very simple. I've chosen really simple ones for this example. And this is all this is all just contrived data. So it's not real. But there are mediums like a Conte crayon, pencil, etc. And so there's a search box at the top. And so what you can do is you can type into the search box. If you type in new student, you'll see that it highlights four nodes. These represent four new students who are at the website and they are typing in search terms. And let's just assume that what they're typing in are the mediums. So they're typing in pencil or oil paint or whatever. And so if you click on any of the other nodes in the graph, it will highlight um, all of the other nodes that are related to them. And I've come up with some simple rules that I use to form the relationships. And th so they're combinations of relationships. So it's a certain set of edges, so the relationships between the nodes, and how they fit into these very simple rules. So for example, I have an interest match. This is when two nodes share a connection with the same medium. So you have uh, a particular user, uh, let's say uh, Luke Cole, and um, we also have uh, this other, uh, Savannah Parker, they both use pastel pencil, for example. So there's one type of relationship. So there's a relationship between them because they both use the same medium. 
So another relationship type that I have is if someone is learning my interest. So if there's a relationship between a student and they're learning a class and that class covers some sort of medium that I'm searching for, that would be I'm learning or I'm searching for something that this person is learning. So I might want to match myself with some of the other tap topics that they have of interest. A third type would be someone who's practicing what I'm learning. So this would be someone who's interested in a medium that a course teaches that someone has taken. So it's sort of a second order uh, relationship or path. However, it still could produce some interesting results in terms of relevance. The fourth type is just classmates. These two students have taken the same course. So like I said, if you go in and you actually click on some of the nodes, so I search for a new student, I click on one of the new students, what you find is that uh, there's a vast sort of rich network of other students, existing students in the system that you can attach them to, you can link them with through these various rules of paths that I've created. And you can look at the interests of those people and you could return content that's based on those interests as well as a sort of proxy for the direct search. So for example, let's look at student number four. If you type in new student and then you look at student number four and then um, click, that, click that node, you'll find that there's an interest match um, for this student. And what they looked for, and this is like one of these obscure examples, is serrated eraser. This is something that somebody could put into the search box. They're looking for a serrated eraser. So they have an interest match with someone else who uses a serrated eraser. However, there's a you can look at the, all the other nodes in the system that are highlighted with this student number four. And you can see that we could be returning results on intermediate drawing, intro to painting, intermediate painting, watercolor, brush pen, etc. And it goes on. These are all things that are related to serrated eraser, but notice that we didn't have to go in and tag those individual courses and mediums with some secondary tag to try and wrap a domain around it to build relevance. We didn't have to look at the number of people who were searching serrated eraser. There's actually just one. One person is attached to serrated eraser other than new student four in the system. However, we have this rich set of content to return that we can be somewhat assured has a certain degree of relevance. So this has been super basic graph theory, it's graph theory 101. However, you can see how powerful it is when you're dealing with this issue of trying to find relevant content, but not pollute your content system with tags. Explore around the rest of this graph in the prototype and you'll see that there's some interesting relationships. In fact, if you just go around and click on the individual, all the individual students, the new students and the existing ones, you'll see that they're connected to a unique set of other individuals in the system. That in and of itself is a measure of the relevance that you can find, the unique nature in which other students are connected to other students. And it's that that's kind of like a meta property that allows you to say that the, the relationships that we've established, these very simple ones of I use this, this class teaches that, that these have a certain level of underlying relevance that you can scale by the paths and not rely on 
the behaviors like how many people search this, this popularity contest metrics, you don't need to rely on that. You can use graph theory for that. If you haven't signed up for the mailing list yet, go to complexthings.design and do it. I draw pre-show details and ideas, I pose questions, and I link to little code experiments like the one discussed in this episode. It's all in the emails. And finally, if you like this podcast, reach out to me and say so. You can find me on Twitter at, at @docomplexthings. That's at D-O-complex-things.